Hey, everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sockweb Studios and brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Wagner Show, international war ring author, Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and Eva. We're here with the terrific Southwest singer-songwriter who began his career at 15 years old. He was a state finalist of the Jimmy Dean um, Country Showdown at that age, 15 or 16. He also played in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Durango, Colorado, and also um, for moving over to Nashville. Later, um, performed in Texas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. He's been all over the Southwest. And uh, he won numerous awards in uh, Western Swing, and he's got numerous followers on Spotify, YouTube, and also um, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and and Pandora, and a lot of platforms out there. And he's played with the Rocky Mountain Playboys, and um, he is back home again with All of Me. We'll be featuring um, all that from his latest release, Lively and Jadum Plus Studios in um, beautiful uh, Los Alamos, New Mexico, not too far from Santa Fe, the amazing singer-songwriter from the Southwest who began his career at 15, and we'll be talking about all of me and more. And here he is, the multi-talented Eric Diamond. Eric, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, it's great to have you on board, too, Eric. So um, you're a singer-songwriter from the Southwest, beginning your career at 15, and you're a state finalist of the Jimmy Dean uh, Country Showdown at 15. You also played in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Durango, Colorado, later before moving on to Nashville. You later performed during Texas, Missouri, and also Oklahoma. You won numerous awards in Western Swing, and you have a number of followers on Spotify, YouTube, and more. You also had uh, They Call Me a Playboy which is part of your repertoire. You also play with the Rocky Mountain Playboys and you have a new album that's out called All of Me will be, um, you know, you will be playing some of the songs like title track, Oklahoma Bound, When Right is Wrong and everything else. And um, before getting all that, Eric, tell us how you first got started. Well, uh, I grew up in a, ta- in, a, in a village or a community, I should say, where the number one industry was horses and mules. <laughs> uh, in southern Colorado. I was born in northern New Mexico, but I actually lived the majority of my life in a place called Biocito, Colorado, which is a small mountain town at the base of the Wimanooch Wilderness, which is the biggest wilderness in the United States other than Alaska. And so my influence is, you know, with all these cowboys from all over Montana, Nevada, the Dakotas, Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arizona would come to break horses and, and do seasonal work. And uh, that was my love of, of the cowboy lifestyle. I got exposed to a lot of Western music, cowboy music. Of course, I grew up in a home where Johnny Cash and, and uh, Marty uh, Robbins and Patsy Cline and George Jones and Jim Reeves and Johnny Horton and many other artists were played on a regular daily basis. Uh, I started singing at a very young age uh, for my own pleasure more than anything. And uh, uh, sang in the choir from the time I was 10 years old. Uh, at the age of 15, as you mentioned earlier, I was in the Jimmy Dean Country Showdown, made it to the regional finals. The following year, I, at 16 years of age, I, I was in, made it to the regional finals of the Charlie Daniels Country Showdown. Oh, wow. Okay. I got my first paying job uh, at the age of 15, and uh, I was hooked ever since. Uh, worked for many years as uh, what they call in the business a hired gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, bands, would, bands would hire me as a, as a front man singer. Uh, and I did that for many years uh, until I was in my early 20s. And I ended up working with my first road band, a band called Cowtown Swing, based out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. And the band leader was a gentleman named Bobby Francis, 
who was the steel guitarist that had worked for John Conley during the rose colored glasses era. Mm -hmm. And Bobby took me under his wing, taught me a lot about the business. And we spent five years traveling around primarily Colorado, a little bit in Kansas, uh, performing every week. Uh, then that band, uh, different members went different ways. One gentleman was going back to college to get a degree. I was the youngest guy in the band. I was in my, you know, 21, 22, those years. Uh, everybody else was in their 30s or 40s. Um, I've moved to Nashville. I went there with a guitar player named David LeDuc, who had worked for a major label artist named Jeff Johnson, who was also a mentor of mine. Jeff was with either Atlantic Records or Arista. I can't honestly remember, but he was opening for Gene Watts and Merle Haggard, you know, the biggest names in the game at that time. And Jeff, Jeff was the one that really turned me on to Western swing music. Uh, I'd always liked that music, but I just always thought it was, you know, a form of traditional country music, which it is, but, but I didn't realize that there was, you know, a separation or a, a, a whole different genre. And uh, Jeff was the one that he was a state champion fiddle player from Oklahoma. Mm. He's the one that turned me on to Bob Wills music. And for those of you who don't know Bob Wills, you should do a Google search. He's in the country music hall of fame and the rock and roll hall of fame. He's the one that created this form of music called Western Swing. Uh, I uh, worked with that when that I moved to Nashville. I got to sing in every single bar on Broadway, every bar on Printer's Alley. I landed a songwriting job for Ronnie Stoneman from Hee Haw, which television show you probably remember. I remember is, very well, Buck Owens, Roy Clark, and um, singing about, oh, I'm a dog died off the wall. I remember that one, yeah. <laughs> and I really, even to this day, I don't really consider myself a songwriter. I lived with Wynn Varble, and uh, Gerald Smith was at our place often, because Wynn and him had uh, grown up together and were longtime friends from Georgia. And those guys are some of the biggest songwriters in, the, in, in country music. They had a giant success. But I was there at the very beginning, right? When everybody was just starting out, you know? And um, I ended up in, Na in Nashville for about a year or so. And then I had to come back West for some family matters. I came back West, did some work for my father for the summer, and then ended up back at, at our home in Colorado. And uh, I ended up getting a high, a job as a high school basketball coach. I had played basketball I like in that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I had played ball in college. I played for McMurray University in Abilene, Texas. And then I also played for the University of Colorado in Colorado Springs. And, um, but I, I took that coaching job for two years. Uh, it was the best thing. It was really good for me at that time to, to be back around young people that were goal-oriented and just you know, get my life back together a little bit because I'd gone through a divorce and some some hard times. And then I got a phone call one night from a gentleman named David Blanchard. Most people in the music scene knew him as Bond Dad Dave. And he was a band leader for a band called the Midnight Rose Band. And Dave called me and we had worked together in a lot of throw together bands over the years. Mm -hmm. And he called me up and said, hey, Eric, we got 27 nights booked and our lead singer just packed his bags in the middle of the night and headed home to Louisiana. Uh -oh. Can you help us out? And I said, sure. And that was on a Friday. And, and I said, I'll be there Monday. Well, those 27 nights turned into three years. <laughs> uh, which, yeah. 
and that was great, you know. Oh. And I was working working with some wonderful musicians in that band, and and some of the guys I'd known over the years from from different throw together bands and and doing jobs with different guys here and there. Uh, we worked with that band for three years. Then I took a job at a big state of the art nightclub that's claimed to fame was that it had the biggest dance floor between Denver and Dallas. It was a place called Horny's Dance Hall and Saloon. Um, <laughs> named after a big Texas longhorn steer, actually. But yeah, play on words there. <laughs> and uh, when I worked there, I worked there for a year. All the, the top touring road bands that were playing the A-Room circuit would come through there. So I met all these incredible, you know, singers musicians etc uh met little texas they they played there uh they were on their they had already they had just signed with a major label but they were fulfilling their club obligations uh neil mccoy performed there and and all the great bands scotty free on lickety split that was arizona band of the year check rippy and the Roadrunners. uh there was a curb records act called blake and brian at the time uh and the band was called loaded dice uh, got to meet and work with all those guys. Well, the club, the, I started out as the, as a security guard, but within two weeks, they moved me to floor manager because I knew everybody. I knew all the rodeo cowboys. I'd grown up with all these guys. So I was able to diffuse problems before they really escalated. Mm -hmm. So that's why they made me floor manager. And then they found out I could sing and dance uh, because I'm, I've also been a competition dancer and performance dancer for since I was 15 years old. Oh, wow. And so which is what got my foot in the door in Nashville the first time and got my door in, in foot in the door in Texas 15 years ago. Everybody, they notice you as a dancer first and everybody wants to know your story. Who is this guy? Then they found out I was a singer. And so while I worked at that club, I put a Rolodex together of musicians and, and had built a lot of friendships with all these guys. And I put my own band together uh, called Eric Diamond and the Rocky Mountain Playboys. We started out locally uh, and we had a giant following, which was great because clubs that had never even used live music before were booking us because we were drawing such a big crowd. Then we spilled over into a club in Farmington, New Mexico, that was an agent only club, uh, meaning they use a booking agent only to book their their acts. But one of the waitresses there had told the owner about this band in Colorado that had a giant following and how great we were. So forth, and and so the club owner took a, a gamble on us, gave us an opportunity. We ended up working there for gosh, probably seven years off and on. Wow! And amazing. he gave me a five. Yeah, he gave me a five-year contract if I wouldn't play his crosstown competition. He guaranteed me uh, a, a a week every five weeks uh, for five five-year contract. So we did that because when you're playing the A room circuit most clubs you're playing five nights a week you load in and you play five nights a week some were maybe six there was one club on the circuit that was a seven nighter occasionally you'd get a three or a four nighter that paid the same money which those were the jobs that everybody loves right and, uh, <laughs> who doesn't <laughs> yo <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, but uh anyhow the, it, the thing just snowballed a friend of mine check rippy that played fiddle on the grand old opry he was on uh a, a, a star search with a band called the Delk Band that had mm. huge success. Uh, and they still do reunion gigs now and then, but they had been on what, at that time, that was like, you know, 
what American Idol is today, right? Mm -hmm. So, and he had played on the opera and he'd played with a major label artist as a sideman playing fiddle. So he got us into a club in Rio Dosa, New Mexico called Wind Place and Show, which was a historic roadhouse. People like Willie Nelson had played there, Mel Tillis played there, Kenny Chesney was playing there on that circuit the same time I was, uh, and other artists, you know. Um, so anyhow, all of a sudden, these national agents are going, well, who's this band that's got in these clubs without an agent? So agents started to come to us. And by the time it's it snowballed, and by the time it was all said and done, we had 13 national agents booking us, and we were working in 11-state region. We went Oh, my gosh. 13 to agents town. booking you? That's amazing. Yeah, we went, because I wouldn't sign exclusive with anybody, because they couldn't offer me enough work with an exclusive deal. So I, I would tell the agents, hey, we'll pay you commission on any job you get us. But unless you can guarantee you're going to keep me working every week, because that was our goal. Everybody was in it to, to win it, so to speak. So we we worked all the time. Um, I looked at our old calendars. We did 39 weeks in a row without a week off at one point. That was wow. our longest run. But we worked in 11 state region. We went town to town state to state for six years we're touring 11 states we played uh very little in texas but we did play in texas played all over new mexico colorado played in arizona nevada montana wyoming north dakota south dakota minnesota and wisconsin and uh loved it i mean that was a dream come true for me to be playing on the a room circuit at that time that had been a big goal of mine and when we actually accomplished that that was a huge thing for me something i was thrilled about because we were actually making a living playing music you know what i mean full time mm -hmm. and um uh, we were just about to go into canada we had an agent that was going to send us into canada and we had two big cruise lines wanting to use us one was carnival and i honestly can't remember the other cruise line but my father came down with cancer Ooh. i was actually playing in billings montana at the time my mother called me and said, hey, your father's taking a turn for the worse. You ought to think about coming home. And I said, yeah, I'll be there, you know. And we had like two or three nights left in Montana. We finished up the job. I called all the agents and said, hey, this is what's going on. And I built a good relationship with all these agents because they knew they could count on me. Mm -hmm. I always did what I said I was going to do. They always did what they said they were going to do. They always got their commission checks. So... They we had built more than just a professional relationship. We built a friendship, and um, I let them know what was going on with my father. And I I said, don't give us any more dates. We will fulfill all the dates that are already on the calendar, but don't give because I didn't know if it was going to be a three month affair or a three year affair. But I knew I was going to go take care of my father. Period. The end. Mm -hmm. Then I sat down with all the guys in the band, explained what was going on, and they had all. You know, you live together, you eat together, you travel together, you you know, you become like brothers. And uh, they all knew my folks, you know, uh, many times when we were traveling through, my folks would have the entire band over for dinner or for, you nice. know, things like that. So uh, I, I, I had had a, a little horse facility, little 10 acre horse farm, and I had it set up to where I could bring in musicians from coast to coast. We all lived on the property and then we traveled together in a custom conversion van, big extended van with an equipment trailer. And I told the guys, you know, hey, you can live here as long as you need to or as long as you want to, but I've got to go take care of dad down in New Mexico. So the piano player, Rex Herring, 
who was a top-notch piano player that had worked with a lot of artists. And uh, uh, he worked for years for Walker Williams, who's a big name in the Denver area. Uh, Rex stayed and, and took care of the house for over a year, which was great because he was by far the most responsible one in the band, <laughs> myself, myself included. And, uh, he, and because he was a pianist, he could do solo work. So he stayed busy doing solo work. He took care of the farm while I was gone. The drummer, Ronnie Klein, stayed for quite a few months. Ronnie's like a son to me. Um, he was the second youngest guy in the band. He was 22 years old at the time. And uh, he ended up playing drums for Fiddlin' Frenchie Burt and uh, Doug Kershaw, you know, some pretty big names. Uh, he's in Phoenix, Arizona, still playing music to this day. The guitar player I had at the time was a kid named Paul Bucks, whose father had played for Ernest Tubb. Mm -hmm. He was a, a Texas troubadour. Paul immediately landed a, a gig because he was a great little up-and-coming hot guitar player. He ended up getting a job in Louisville, Kentucky. He left almost immediately for that job. And another guy in the band immediately landed a gig down in the Phoenix area. And uh, I think playing bass, if my memory serves me correct. But anyhow, uh, I went home. I took care of my father. My father passed. I stuck around for a while because my mother, they'd been married for like 45 years, wanted to make sure she was going to be okay. Uh, and then I, I pursued some other endeavors. And at that time, I thought my music career was over. I'd, I'd done it for 22 years straight. And at that time, Nashville's policy was uh, they, wouldn't, they, they wouldn't sign anybody over the age of 35. That was kind of their cutoff. And actually what they wanted was uh, 21 to 26 year olds. That's pretty much what they were signing. All right. And I became good friends with uh, Carl Acuff, who is so weird because I hadn't seen or heard anything about him in years. And I just saw yesterday on social media, he's still out there. He was Roy Acuff's nephew. Oh, and wow. Okay. Often, oftentimes his, him and his band would be loading into a club as we were loading out and vice versa, because he was playing these, you know, clubs where you play five nights, six nights a week, whatever. So we became friends because we'd catch each other loading in, loading out. We'd sit down, have a beer, visit one. And he was, you know, telling me the same thing that Nashville had told him. And here's a guy that, that guy sang tremendous and he played about five different instruments. And Nashville, you know, the, the business had changed, you know, it was a, they really weren't going and finding people anymore like they used to, discovering people. As you probably know in the industry, that, that's been gone for a long time. They, right. People go to Nashville and, you know, you get you work on buying a deal or, to some hmm. degree. Or, or, or social media, hookup of people, LinkedIn, well, this Facebook, was even, this was, Twitter, X and all that. Yeah, this was before social media even existed, right? This was long before that. This was 25 plus years ago. But anyhow... Uh, 15 years ago, I went to Bob Wills Days, which is the, an incredible music festival in West Texas. They hold it every year in April. It's the last Thursday, Friday, Saturday of April. It's referred to as the Super Bowl of Western Swing. All the greats are there. The famous people show up, people like Willie Nelson, uh, Hawkeye Henson, Asleep at the Wheel. You just never know who's going to show up. Uh, Gary P. Nunn. And all the greats like Jody Nix, Jason Robertson, the Texas Playboys, Billy Mata, Tommy and Jake Hooker, Greg Gibbs. I mean, I, I don't want to leave anybody out, but Chuck Cusimano, all the greats in Western Swing. 
Rocky King, uh, Kelly Spinks, uh, on and on. I love that event. So anyhow, same thing happened. That year I went, uh, uh, they noticed me as a dancer. Mm. And people are like, who is this guy? Because I, I can I can cut a rug, son. <laughs> <laughs> you do a great job of it. <laughs> and uh, and the next then they find out you're a singer. So I, next thing you know, you know, I'm on stage. And now I've been singing at that uh, festival for 15 years. They have four stages there that have dance floors. And I have been lucky enough to perform on three out of the four, hoping that I'll get the big nighttime uh, dance under my belt one of these days. Jason Roberts told me that he was going to get me on the main stage one of these days, and I hope that happens. Mm -hmm. He's and one of my heroes. But last year, the year before last, I got to sing at the Church of Western Swing, which is actually a dance hall show theater, but it used to be a church, and they converted mm -hmm. it over. And it's very prestigious. Uh, it's invite only. All the Hall of Fame guys, guys that played for George Strait, Hank Thompson, Ray Price, all these big famous Western swing stars, to Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys, they play there all week long during that festival. And um, I got finally got the invite, and I've sang there two years in a row now, and uh, looking forward to this year. Mm -hmm. um, then eight years ago, Grady Smith, who's a Hall of Fame fiddle player, he liked what I was doing. He had seen me at Bob Will's days. He got myself and my steel guitar player, a guy named Larry Bressington from Bristol, England, who's in the Great Britain's Country Music Hall of Fame and the Nebraska Country Music Hall of Fame. He got both of us to join the Western Swing Society, uh, uh, which was the best thing that ever happened to me. I wish I had known about that organization 25 years earlier because it gave me an incredible lifeline to musicians. I'm working with guys that played for all these big stars like George Strait, like Ray Price, like Hank Thompson, on and on. And th they embraced me. They were kind to me. They liked what I was doing. They were, they were really encouraging, which, you know, I didn't think at the time, I didn't know if I was even worthy, but uh, <laughs> they definitely took me under their belt. We During the COVID, I'm trying to give you as brief a story, and I know it's a long one, but during the COVID, <laughs> I re-released an old album. I re-released the song that we'd recorded at United Artists Tower in Nashville, and it blew up on radio, and I ended up nominated for two big national awards. I was up for Western Swing Album of the Year and for Western Swing Male Vocalist of the Year by the Academy of Western Artists, which was something I never thought would happen to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was a godsend, you know. It was it wasn't a goal of mine. It just it just came, you know. I got the phone call Monday after Christmas that I'd been nominated and selected as a top ten finalist. Then months later, they cut the field down in half, and I qualified. I made the top five in both categories. Oh, amazing! So I got yeah, I got to go to the big red carpet thing, which was wonderful. They hold that at TCU in Fort Worth, Texas. And I won the Western Swing Male Vocalist of the Year, which was huge. Uh, eight days later, I had two Nashville record labels wanting to sign me and the third label talking to me. Uh, I committed to Clarksville Creative Sound primarily because of the producer, Kurt Ryle, who had produced artists like Mel Tillis, Gene Watson, Vern Gosden, Trisha Yearwood, Billy Ray Cyrus, Leanne Womack, on and on. He had, I went and spent three weeks at his house. He had golden platinum records all over the walls. It was like, it was like, I was like a kid in a candy store. It was like being in a 
country music, you know, museum. <laughs> and uh, he's a tremendous uh, producer. We we put a new album out. We did the world premiere radio release on May 13th of last year, 23. And we re released it to all worldwide radio on May 15th. The world premiere was one of the best world premieres uh, that they'd had in a long time, according to the disc jockey there. Uh, it was broadcast eight times in six different countries. Then on May 15th, we released it to all worldwide radio. Uh, I was notified in October that it's the most played Western swing album on radio wow. in the world. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's up for two Ameripolitan awards for album of the year. And they have me also for Western swing male vocalist year. We're up for six awards at the international singer songwriter association. We're up for five awards at the red carpet awards in the Netherlands. Uh, we finished in the top five for cowboy swing album of the year by the international Western music association. Uh, and so, and album sales have been tremendous. Uh, and they were, they're still selling. It's, it's a fantastic album. Kurt Ryle is a, a genius producer. Uh, there's some other things about him that, that don't please me, but, uh, <laughs> but as a producer, he's top notch. And, um, so anyhow, I recently left that record label and, uh, I've got, I'm currently talking to two other labels. One of them is, uh, Platinum Lux that Merle Haggard's son, Noel Haggard, is involved with that. Um, there's another label out of Houston that's talking to me. I'm a little gun shy because I went the last 13 months. I dealt with some dishonesty and lies and intentional misleading and so forth. Stuff in the industry that's not pleasant. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I'm going to have some lawyers look over these new contracts. Hopefully everything's on the up and up. All I want to do is do what I do. And that's, I like live people who are like, don't you love recording? And, you know, when I was doing this new album, people are like, aren't you excited about this new project? It's not that I don't like recording and I'm thrilled with the finished product, but I would tell my friends, I'll be glad when it's behind me. Cause what I love to do, I love to be on stage. I love to interact with the people. I love a live audience. That's where I thrive. That's what I do best. That's what I was born to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. And certainly, indeed, as well, we'll talk about your latest release, um, All of Me with Eric Diamond. But first, listen to The Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com, powered by SonicWeb Studios. Visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. SonicWeb Studios is the answer. SonicWeb Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs at below the competition rate. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention to Mike Whitener's show, get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Whitener's show, international warring author Mia Molson-Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you love Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries. Two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those who love be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson Z has garnered great reviews. And Eve 11 enjoys by Howard celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, Eminem's. So grab your copy today for girls Missing by Mia Molson Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com or 40 podcast platforms heard in 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, also Apple Music, Odyssey, Amazon, Audible, coming soon to Pandora, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and TuneIn. Follow us on BitChute, LinkedIn, Instagram, Rumble, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Threads, and more. 
Follow us on social media and take us with you on any mobile device. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Whitener Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7, 365 for family, friends, and loved ones. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Whitener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash ZF. For great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles, also T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more, Amazon.com slash me and Molson Zia. Check it out today and support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the MikeWidenerShow.com. We're here with the amazing multi-talented uh, singer-songwriter from the southwest corner of the United States, um, Eric Diamond, here on the Mike Widener Show with all of me. And uh, let's talk about your um, latest release uh, after going through such an amazing career you went through. I wish I'll hit the road with you and, um, you know, get the... Has some great stuff and everything. You've got the title track, Oklahoma Bound, When Right is Wrong and everything. Tell us more about the uh, latest release and what inspired to uh, write them. Well, uh, Western Swing has always come and gone in cycles. And um, fortunately for me, it is on the upswing big time, uh, headed towards peaking the peak again. So the, my timing was fortunate. And the record label that I was involved with uh, for 13 months or so. One of the things they're trying to do is, is bring Western Swing back into the forefront uh, and also create new Western Swing is one of their main objectives by writing new Western Swing songs as well. So I was lucky to be involved with that. There's a gentleman named uh, Mike Barcourt who just did a three-year documentary on the history of Western Swing which is wonderful. It's won awards in London and Paris. Um, it's been viewed. They've been sh doing showings for the last two or three years uh, around the United States. It's going to be on PBS television. It's going to be much like the Ken Burns series on the history of country music. It's that sort of deal. And so, uh, you know, and Western thing in my career, you know, I, I, I've done traditional, what most people would call traditional country music, probably the majority of my career, although I always did some Western swing songs. Um, and and I really didn't, when I first started, I didn't know the difference really. I just thought Western swing, it was like my favorite traditional country music. I, <laughs> you can't sit still to Western swing music. You know, your foot's tapping, you're dancing, you're bopping your head. It's wonderful music. If anybody's not familiar with it, go listen to some Asleep at the Wheel. Uh, oh yeah kind of, that's one of my favorites i love those guys yeah that's my all-time favorite band and they're kind of they're the torchbearer you know for for all western swing um you know they've won grammys and plat gold records platinum records whatever and there's many other great artists like jody nix jason robertson playboy billy mata the hookers i mean there's a bunch of them out there i don't want to leave anybody out but i know i'm going to you know what i mean <laughs> anyhow uh uh, so we knew we were going to do a Western Swing album, and that's what I've been doing exclusively for the last 15 years is Western Swing music. Mm. It's what I love the most. It's what I feel like I do the best. It's certainly what I'm most passionate about. So uh, the title track, All of Me, which I believe you're going to play or, or you yes, mentioned Yes, that's correct, anyhow. and I believe you had sent that over, and if you haven't, uh, sent it over uh, after the show, and we are looking forward to that. And uh Tell us more about that song, All of Me, and what inspired you to write it. Yeah, well, I didn't write that song or I'd be filthy rich. Um, <laughs> but but the, a lot of big people have recorded that song from Frank Sinatra to uh, uh, who's the Rat Pack? Rat Pack. 
Frank Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin, and uh, Sammy Dean Davis Martin. Martin. Yeah, Dean Martin, Willie Nelson. I mean, on and on. People have cut that song, and I've loved that song since I was a teenager. I was excited that I that I was going to have a lot of artistic freedom on this record, so I wanted definitely wanted to record it. I'd been doing it for two and a half years in our live shows. Uh, audiences love it. It's one of the songs I feel like I really sing well, and and. Uh, so I was excited. So we recorded that. And and uh, when the project, when all the songs were finished, Kurt Ryle felt like that was the best cut. Uh, and I thought it was tremendous. And, you know, we've gotten a lot of rave reviews from professional uh, music reviewers and magazines around the world. Um, and it's done extremely well on radio. So we made that the title track of the album. Uh, you, we're on all music platforms worldwide. So anybody watching us, listening to this show, go to YouTube, type in Eric Diamond, all of me, and you'll, that'll take you where you can listen to both albums, all total of 22 songs. Uh, so that's that on all of me. Oklahoma Bound is the song that we did write. I, myself and Kurt Ryle wrote that song. It was the first song we wrote together. And it, we wrote it in about 15 minutes. Uh, we knew we were going to do Western Swing. Obviously, that was the whole project. He wanted to write something about Oklahoma. He was born in Oklahoma. And, and Oklahoma has a lot of history in, in Western Swing with the historic Canes Ballroom, the house that Bob built. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we started this song. He's, he came up with the title of Oklahoma Bound. And uh, I think he might have spit out the first line. And then I came with the second line, then he came with the third line, fourth line, me, fifth line, him. And literally, we did that song. I mean, it was done in 15 minutes at the most. Wow. Both line, 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 line. And it loved it. And, of course, everybody in the state of Oklahoma loves that song right now. But it's done great on radio around the world. Uh, and that feels good when you do that with a song that you wrote yourself, you know. So, uh uh, that's the story of Oklahoma Bound. If you haven't listened to it, give it a listen. It's kind of a story song, pretty good. And then we 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 also have two other songs that we wrote on the album. One's called Strike That Match. Uh, the other one's called uh, Waylon, Willie, Haggard, and Jones. Both of those have done extremely well on radio. And Strike That Match is a real interesting song. It borderlines on Honky Tonk. Mm. And uh, the young people seem to really like that song, which is great because I... I want to, you know, I want to try to reach all ages and, and generations with my music. So I'm glad that the young people really seem to love that one. And um, then there's a song you mentioned called uh, When Right is Wrong. Right. And that, that was written by a friend of mine, Edward Williams, a songwriter out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I didn't even really, I didn't know Edward until... Oh, gosh, two years ago, I guess. Uh, he reached out to me. And at the time, he was actually working for the record label. Uh, he's no longer with them. But uh, when I went down to cut this album, I flew into Nashville. Kurt Robb picked me up at the airport. And I stayed at his house for three weeks. And he said, I got a song. It's on hold for Tony Booth, who's one of my heroes and a legend. But the songwriter, who was Edward, uh, said that if Eric Diamond wants to cut this song, let him have it. And I listened to the song and I was like, yeah, definitely. It sounded like something that should be on a George Strait album. 
it wasn't a, it wasn't a real upbeat uh, swing song, but it was definitely a slow swing, you know, something along the lines of like drinking champagne or, you know, one of those slower swingy tunes. Mm -hmm. So we recorded it uh, and I'm thrilled about having it on the album as well. And then we wrote a fourth song that we were going to put on the album, but I actually couldn't tackle it. It was out of my vocal range. And so another artist named Lonnie Bartmas wanted to record it. He's a tremendous singer. Very, very, very talented. And he wanted the song. And I thought, heck, yeah, let's have him do it. You know, and <laughs> so he's got uh, one of my songs on his album as well. So that's pretty much the story on that. And uh, I got quite a few standards on the album. We put San Antonio Rhodes on there. Uh, that was a late decision. Kurt, Kurt goes, what do you think this album needs? And I said, it needs one big standard and there's no big bigger song in western swing than san antonio rose i mean mm -hmm. that's the song that took bob wills from hamburger and put him on steak and uh so we put that on the album and i thought we did a fantastic job we had tommy white playing steel guitar uh, he's one of the finest all time he's the staff player on the opry we had wanda vick playing fiddle uh she's a five-time national champion so mm -hmm. uh, all the musicians were incredible they loved working on the project because this was a this is a fun kind of music for musicians of that caliber to play, and they don't get that opportunity that much doing more of the bubblegum mainstream country. Right? So yes. They, they were, yes. They were thrilled to do this album. I found that with both albums, both times, because the first one I recorded with United Artists Tower in Nashville, and the the musicians also said they were also nice to me, and they're like, "We love doing this project because." because it was the kind of country music that they all loved and the whole reason they had originally moved to Nashville. Then with the industry change, they didn't get to play this kind of music as often as they would like by any means. So they, they all put their best foot forward and, and did an amazing job on both albums. And uh, I had different musicians on both albums, but you know, great heavyweights. Jim Unger played fiddle on the first album. At that time, he was considered the number two fiddle man, only behind Johnny Gimble. Mm -hmm. We had Big Jim Murphy play saxophone, who was the most famous saxophone player in the world at that time. He was in the movie The Blues Brothers. Oh, we had yeah, my favorite movie, The Blues Brothers. I love that movie. We had Smiley Roberts uh, on steel guitar, who had played uh, for Dan Seals. Uh, and Smiley was great. Smiley's still playing in the Nashville area and still doing session work to this day. And and uh, we had Jim Reeves, the uh, rhythm section from the Opry. Gene Breeden did the producing, but he liked the album so much, he asked if he could play guitar on it. And, and Gene was a session player that had played on gold records for artists like Red Sovine. So uh, mm -hmm. I said, absolutely. So he played guitar on it. My old band leader, Ellis Miller, who had, was a session player on the West Coast, and had played for Ray Price and Hank Thompson. Uh, he 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 played all the rhythm guitar tracks, and he wanted I he played some lead too. And then um, we had uh, Eugene Moles did most of the lead guitar work. He toured with Merle Haggard for thirteen years. So you know we had Sudi Calloway and Lois Johnson on harmony vocals. He just I was just lucky and blessed to have the opportunity to work with these kind of musicians. And, mm -hmm. and it shows in the albums. They're, they're both really good albums. Mm. And, and certainly anybody, sorry. No, no, if go anybody, ahead. 
Go ahead. Uh, just real, real quick. The music's available on all music platforms worldwide. If you want to know more about me and Western Swing, you can follow me on Facebook. Send me a messenger on message on Facebook if you want to buy the albums. I've been selling them like mad. And, and I tell everybody this, and I don't know of any other artist in the country doing this, but if you don't like the album, comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. That's how good it is. All right. We'll certainly keep that in mind. And um, more about of all me with uh, Eric Diamond. We'll talk about the four legends in the uh, that, that album. We'll find out just one minute who they are and a recap with Eric Diamond. Listen to the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com, powered by Soundcraft Studios. And brought to you by our official sponsor, The Mike Widener Show, international warring author, Mia Molson Zan. We'll be back with the multi-talent singer, songwriter from the Southwest, Eric Diamond, after this time out. We're back to the amazing, multi-talented singer-songwriter Eric Diamond here on the Mike Wagner Show. And um, Eric, uh, I, there's a one thing about all of me as well, too. Let's cover the four legends who you talked about in that album and one of your favorites. And who are those four legends? Well, I, I assume you're talking about a song titled Waylon, Willie, Haggard, and Jones. That's the one. Yes, that's what I was getting at. So, yeah, I mean, all those guys were a huge influence uh in my life and and everybody involved in country music i mean those are four of the biggest you know influence and tremendous artists so we 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 came up with this title and kurt and i decided we had a we decided to make all the verses out of songs from these artists mm -hmm. uh and so all the verses are made up of Willie Whalen, Haggard, and Jones songs. And we did slip an Ernest Tubb song in there because it made the song work and made the song make sense. <laughs> of course, Ernest Tubb was the inspiration to all of those guys and to me as well. Uh, and it it is the one song on the album that's really not a Western swing song. It's more of what you'd call a traditional country music song. At, at first, I didn't want to, I wasn't excited about putting a waltz on the album. But Kurt said, you really need one. But after we were done, it turned out one of the absolute best songs on the album. Nice. And I knew that I knew that Nashville would embrace it. Uh, it's a great song. Go listen to it. It's the musicians knocked it out of the park. I felt like the songwriting was very good and very clever. Uh, and uh, and it's been it's been very successful on radio. And Matter of fact, some stations that don't necessarily want to play Western swing music on their shows. They're playing the heck out of that one uh, because it's solid country gold. Yes, mm -hmm. sir. And certainly indeed as well, too. And once again, where can we find all of me and where can we find how it works at, Eric? Well, you can find the two albums are called Eric. The first one's called Eric Diamond. They call me a playboy. The brand new album is Eric Diamond, All of Me. It is available on all music platforms worldwide. You can purchase it on I2I, but I don't recommend that, but you can. Uh, the, buy it from me, you know. Uh, get a hold of me on, on, on Facebook Messenger is the best way to order the CD. Well, of course, we sell them at live performances anywhere we go. Uh, it was available through the old record label. I'm not certain if they're still selling it or not. I know that will come to a close fairly soon uh, once I either commit to a, a new label or decide to remain independent. Mm -hmm. I, I really want to work with these labels. I just want to make sure everything's on the up and up and honest and straightforward because 
over the last year or so, I've dealt with the opposite of that. And right. I, I want to I work with good, honest people. Mm -hmm. And I, that's all I'm asking for is I just want to work, man. Let me sing and entertain. Help me help you, man. You know what I mean? Let yeah. me put some money in your pocket. If and, there's and any tour promoters out there watching this, give me a shot. You won't be disappointed. All right, we'll let the uh, promoters and everybody know about you, Eric, as well, too. We're here with the amazing, multi-talented Eric Diamond of All of Me here on the Mike Wagner Show. And just a few more things, Eric. We'd love to have you back on. And um, what else can we expect in 2024 and beyond? Well, I'll be performing the, uh, at all the events of the Western Swing Society in the Southwest. Our first thing is uh, March 21, 2022, 23 in Wichita Falls, Texas. You can get on the internet, look up the Western Swing Society of the Southwest. You can get their entire calendar. I'll be performing at all those shows unless something conflicts. But right now I'm going to be performing at all those shows. I'll be at the Bob Wills Day Festival. I'll be at the Mineral Wells. I just got notified today, and this means uh, Governor Abbott in Texas started an awards thing a handful of years ago. And I just got notified that I will be considered a hero of western swing nice and i will get i will get my award in mineral wells texas uh and i believe that's the first week of may um i will be performing a, at the snyder festival in june i'm not a headliner there but i will be in the wednesday night opening ceremony band uh that was a good i did that deal last year i sang four songs and i sold $680 worth of CDs and cash sales <laughs> and another 200 plus in uh, trade. So that was a good festival. I'll be back at Snyder. And then depending on what happens with this new label they're they're talking about using me for the PRCA shows and the PBR. Uh, they're, they really want to push me towards Branson, which I would love to work in Branson. I, oh, so that's I, I a told dream them that. of everybody. Yeah. I'm really hoping to get the opportunity I've been performing in Springfield, Missouri for the last eight years, which is only 40 miles out of Branson. The president of the Western Swing Society in Missouri is a gentleman named Walter Lehman, wonderful guy. He's been trying to talk me into moving up there, which I would certainly do if I had a sit down, regular, steady job in Branson. So we'll <laughs> see what happens. They also want to use me on the state fair tours. So maybe I'll be coming to your home state, you know. Well, if you like to dance, that's what we do. We've big orchestration, big band, and dance music. And certainly more than welcome to uh, come to the Peace Garden State. We'll be happy to have you on board, Eric. And uh, who do you consider biggest influence in your career? Well, as far as an art, I mean, as far as an artist, Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. Um, but my my favorite singer all time. People people ask me all the time, who's your favorite singer? And I, there's so many of them I love. But I'd have to say Ray Price would be my number one. Marty Robbins would be in the top three, and so would Farron Young. Mm, and I've also yes. I've also always been a huge Hank Thompson fan. And, of course, George Strait, for everybody my age, I mean, George Strait set the set standard. He was – everybody modeled themselves or tried to model themselves after Strait. I mean – He's second only to God in the state of Texas. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. Yeah. As they say, God bless Texas. George yeah, absolutely. So many influences, though, you know. So many influences. Though. Even the guys that are still doing I mean, Jody Nix, Jason Roberts, Billy Mata, Jay Cooker, Tommy Hooker. 
those guys are all heroes of mine. Rocky King, Jeff Woolsey, uh, Kelly Spinks. Kelly's the staff fiddle player on the Penny Gilly show. Tremendous singer, tremendous fiddle player. He's really been kind to me and, and helped my career. Chuck Cusimano's a legend. He got he actually got a Living Legend Award in the, by the CMA of Texas last nice. year. Nice. And he, he's won a bunch. He's in a ton of Hall of Fames. He's worked for a bunch of the Grand Old Opry stars. I knew about Chuck for years because he was from Colorado as well. And then we met at the uh, Western Swing Hall of Fame induction in Lawton, Oklahoma, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. We've been friends ever since. He's really helped my career. J.D. Barnum and Cow Jazz, John Jones, the president of the association. Joe Settlemeyer is one of my biggest heroes. He's the, considered the greatest jazz guitar player on planet Earth. Uh -huh. He plays he plays guitar at 95% of my showcases. He was the Texas playboy for Bob Wills, a Cherokee cowboy for Ray Price, a Brazos River Valley boy for Hank Thompson. He played for Roy Clark, Willie Nelson, played with the Glenn Miller Orchestra after Glenn was deceased. But he did session work for 20 years with Vince Gill, did session work for George Strait. He's in every Hall of Fame, and he's won every award in the music business, not just the country music business. He's won every award in the music business that an instrumentalist can win. He's like a father to me. Shout out to Joe Settlement. All right, we'll certainly do that. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? <laughs> that starting out, or what do you mean? It, it just the best advice in general. The best advice in general in the music business concern. It, it, it can right? be any. It can be anything. Well, since we're talking music, let's talk music. If you're an artist and you're 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 in the game already, and you, the best guy in the world for radio promotion, and the most honest guy that I've ever dealt with in the music business is a kid named Caden Gordon. I read about him in a magazine. I read about him on the internet. I tried him out, and he was the best thing that's ever happened to me. He's honest. He, he works harder than anybody I know. I didn't think anybody could outwork me. <laughs> I mean, because I was putting in 16-hour days, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And this kid worked every bit that hard. And, he, you know, he just won Radio Promoter of the Year at the Red Carpet Awards in the Netherlands. He's honest, and he makes results happen. So if you're an artist, you look up Caden Gordon. He's going to help your career, I promise you. All right, we'll certainly do that as well. Once again, with the multi-talented uh, singer-songwriter from the Southwest, Eric Diamond, with all of me here on the Mike Wagner Show. Eric, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Learned a lot. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love to have you back. Once again, what's your website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your works? Well, my Caden Gordon runs and operates my website. I uh, imagine, um, I'm, see, three years ago, I thought Wi-Fi was an oriental dessert. So when it comes to technology, <laughs> when it comes to technology, I hire professionals. But uh, however one does go find a website, I imagine you just type in Eric Diamond. But Caden runs all that. I'm available on all music platforms worldwide. Come see me at a show. We'll dance. We'll drink a beer. You can buy my album. It comes with a money-back guarantee. Follow me on Facebook. Send me a messenger message. I'll get a CD in the mail to you tonight. You won't be disappointed.
And certainly not disappointed indeed. And once again, Eric, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely amazing. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Live happy back. We wish you all best. And Eric, you definitely have a great future ahead of you. Thank you for everything. I'll come back anytime. You have a good night. God bless you.